Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is the Daily BetQL, presented by Bet MGM. Great to have you along with us on a Tuesday. I'm Michael Jenkins in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up, the Turf Monster makes an appearance in Las Vegas. So, Chelsea, during the offseason, and by offseason, I mean not football season, I'm probably going to do a little Netflix corner where I watch something during my time in the afternoons when I'm sitting around the house doing nothing, working on the show, and... Have a little review. We can have some fun because I feel like people watch different things. I am watching, and I'm not going to give away anything, but I am watching the latest season of True Detective. Let me rephrase this. I was watching the latest season of True Detective, and I was watching it with the lovely Catherine last night before she, before I was getting ready for bed. She was going to Pilates, and so... I was getting so frustrated and I, I caught myself being that person who have been this person where you're so frustrated. You start talking out loud at how frustrated you are at what you're seeing. And so then I caught myself. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not, we're going to watch this. And then by the end, I was, I was just over it. And Catherine was laughing. And I thought, I think I'm done. Like, I think I'm done watching this show. I want to like it. I've watched every single one of the True Detectives. The first one, obviously the best one. And then it's just sort of gone downhill since. So I know you haven't seen it, but my question to you is how often, I'm not one to turn away. Once I commit to something, I generally stick with it. But every now and then I'm like, you know what? This is becoming a grind for me. I'm not enjoying this. So I don't know why I'm forcing my way through. I think I'm going to step out. How often when you're watching something, could be a movie, could be something on Netflix, Max, Peacock, whatever. Do you say, you know what? I'm actually just going to walk away from this. Oh, I have major commitment issues when it comes to anything on yeah. Netflix, when it comes to movies. The last two movies I have not finished because I have d- done a summer of 2023 watch party where mm-hmm. I watched Barbie and Oppenheimer. Didn't get through either of them. I will say oh Oppenheimer God. was a little better but Oppenheimer was three hours. Did you see oh, yeah. it? I did see Oppenheimer. I have not seen Barbie yet. I'm sure I'll see it at some point. I got to be in the right mindset. Just like I had to be in the right mindset for Oppenheimer. You know, it just depends on what you're in the mood for. But I'll tell you one thing. Oppenheimer was long and Killers of the Flower Moon. Holy Lord. That movie is like five days long. What is it? Like three and a half oh. hours. Oh, and it was good. But there were some times when I feel like directors, people who make movies, sometimes sometimes it's warranted. I think it's rare, but sometimes it's warranted. And then other times they sort of fall in love with the project and they forget that, hey, maybe this is a little superfluous here. And that's kind of how I felt about it. But that's a long time for any movie. And Oppenheimer was the same way. Not as long, but it was still really long. So I'm with you there. I get it. Well, and Oppenheimer was like emotionally challenging. Because it was just like really depressing and also very scientific. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I didn't come in here wanting to do science. But do you think people's attention attention spans have gotten shorter? Like, do you think that is a movie 
that 25 years ago, people wouldn't have complained about the length? I think that's a very good point. And I think you're absolutely right. And how many times are you watching something? Let's be honest. How many times are you watching something? And even in the middle of watching something, maybe there's a lull and you pick up your phone and you check a score. Yeah. Or you hop on Instagram or you look on Twitter. And it doesn't mean you stay on it, but you've got two screens in front of you. You're like, oh, this is kind of a boring part. I kind of know what's going on. Let me see what's going on here. Ooh, I got an email. I got a notification. Let me check this out. And it's the same thing with it's the same thing with why, at least in journalism, there was a time when course before the internet or in the early stages of the internet where you would go do a story you know what i'm talking about you worked in local sports and and, and they're still mm -hmm. done but you could do i remember i would i would get taken into the news department for sweeps and they would say we want you to go do a feature story and they would give me three and a half four minutes they would say just go do your thing go write this story that is an eternity in television and you hardly ever see that now and especially online if you do a story like hey here's a two-minute story i put people aren't going to watch that you've got to capture yeah, it's like 10 tiktoks yeah, yeah exactly it's like why would i watch this whole thing i don't want to see this long drawn out intricate story i want to see some dude making some food i want to see a woman being embarrassed i want to see a dude getting hit in the gonads with his son's plastic bat i, I want to see all these different things you have to capture people's attention immediately and then you have to keep it and that's almost impossible to do in 2023. So when you're sitting there and saying, hey, I'm going to put down my phone and not look at my phone for three and a half hours, I don't know many people that can do that. Because I don't think it is the time that's the problem. Because think about how many people binge watch things. So like that's mm -hmm. like nine hours or something. So people do it. It's just almost like you have to have a cliffhanger every 30 minutes. Like have you ever yeah. noticed that? That thrillers are so much easier to dive into and continue to watch because there is something that is capturing your attention every 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. And I have a hard time. I am trying so hard to get away from my phone and not be at, because I, I feel like I've been saying this for a year and a half on this show, by the way, I'm slowly getting better, but it's man, oh, it's such a work. Everyone's it's so, like you know that, though. Yeah, I know it is. And I'm trying to, I will say though, one thing I am, I have decided <laughs> once I'm going to be like Richard Simmons on social media, which is when I'm finally done with this profession, like I'm just going to log off and I'm going to be done. I swear to God, I might check every now and then, but I'm just going to go and people are like, oh, are you okay? Is something wrong? I'm like, everything is fine. I've just, I did it. I've interacted enough. I'm out. I think that is why it is very tough for us in particular to put down our phones because it always feels like you're missing something. And we work in a line of work where you have to know everything that's going on. And being chronically online is actually helpful when it comes to preparing for the show. So that's the tough part because, you know, when my husband is online, like, you know, he's still in school and he's doing pitching lessons. I feel like the stuff he's looking at is not conducive mm -hmm. to his line of work. But like when I'm online, I'm looking at, you know, articles of you know sports games or what's going on on twitter like he's watching you know the dumb videos of skateboarders falling on their butts <laughs> right jake i i crafted a beautiful story about a a kid and he was diagnosed with a serious disease and guess what? He made it through. He's going to be just fine. He's like, yeah, but check out this 360, bro. It's like, oh, never mind. It's hard. It's hard to capture people's attention. I get it. You know, I, I think we're all, okay. I can't. 
I was just going to ask because we say that we want something that captures, captures our attention, but I find myself watching the dumbest things on TikTok. Like, have you ever caught yourself watching something really stupid? Like this influencer yes. was like, get ready with me. I'm packing for Disney. I was like, okay, we're going to Disney in a couple weeks. I'll watch. But it's literally just her packing her suitcase. I'm like, I watched three minutes of that. I'm the oh, idiot. Yeah. Well, I'm. you're not an idiot. I'm not saying that. But it, it is easy to get sucked in. I've done that too, where I'm just like, what am I doing? Why am I watching this? This is so stupid. What am I doing with my time? Do I really care about this? Probably not. I, I was watching a C-SPAN TikTok yesterday. I'm like, why? Uh, anyway. Oh, God. I don't know what's Ooh. wrong with me. C-SPAN and TikTok. Doesn't feel like... I my algorithm Great is world. all over the place. It's it, it can go from politics to cooking to sports. I mean, it can go all over the place. Chelsea, let's talk about the Super Bowl. How about that? Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. The numbers have not changed. The Niners are still laying two. The Niners are minus 130. The Chiefs are plus 110. The total is 47 and a hook. There was a story that came out yesterday, and I thought it was a little fascinating, is that the Niners are working out at UNLV and they're not happy because of the practice field they say it's too soft now it meets NFL regulations but I learned this yesterday NFL fields have a measurement it's called the Clegg test the Clegg test and what that is is essentially you measure an NFL field and NFL fields have to be at 100 G or less. I won't get into the nonsense, but the Niners practice on a field that is 70G, but the UNLV practice field is 50G, which means it's a lot softer than they're accustomed to. So at one point they were thinking, okay, maybe we can go elsewhere. Maybe we can bring in our own sod. Meanwhile, by the way, the Chiefs are practicing at the Raiders practice facility, which has an indoor and outdoor field. They've got it good. The Niners are at UNLV, but the Niners have decided, you know what? We're not going to worry about it. We're just going to play on this side or practice on this side and then get ready for the Super Bowl. Do you think this is something that could affect them? Is it in their heads or is this something that they'll get over? It's fine. It's just grass. I think it's hard for me to say because I've never been an NFL pl uh, player practicing. But do you think these practices are intense as the games are? Because I would imagine, you know, in NFL games, when you're taking full-on tackles, like maybe that's when your footing needs to be the strongest. Because isn't that normally mm -hmm. when the injuries occur? Somebody's tackling somebody, their foot gets caught on the turf, and there you have it, torn ACL. So I don't know, you know, what the practices entail, but it's definitely something you think about. Like how many yeah. players have, I'm not going to say ruined their careers, but ruined their seasons because of bad fields and bad footing. So it's definitely something that maybe they are not practicing quite as hard. But at this time of the year, like you would think that they kind of know what's going on and they kind of know, you know, the drills that they're yeah. going to be doing. But again, like, please enlighten me. I feel like you've been to way more NFL practices, so maybe I'm missing something here. No, I, I think you're right. This is more of a comfort thing than anything else. And I, I, I will say I understand the frustration because think about it. If you're mm -hmm. accustomed to practicing on the same type of sod, grass, whatever, 
every single day, unless you travel, obviously, but you know your home field, you know your practice field. And then the one time you have to practice elsewhere and it's totally different. And by the way, UNLV has an artificial turf surface. So they put sod over the artificial turf, which is a little wonky. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're on this turf. It's not what they want. You've got grass on top of artificial turf. So I can understand why that might seem a little odd when you're used to practicing on just regular turf. Okay, so why did the Chiefs get the 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 Raiders facility? Was it something to do with the fact that they're in the same division? Like, why did they get that quote-unquote advantage? The only, I believe, and I need to fact check this, but I believe that the NFL decides before the season, the NFC champion uh. will practice here before the Super Bowl. The AFC champion will practice here before the Super Bowl. So at first I was like, oh, how convenient. You send the Niners, you send the Niners to UNLV, but the Chiefs get to practice at an NFL facility. So the home team gets the NFL facility and the Chiefs are the home team this year. So trust me, I wanted to lay into this conspiracy theory, but this is set before the season. So I can't do that. That's just the way it is. I I think this will be fine. And again, the Niners could have petitioned the NFL to say, we want to practice where the Raiders practice. Or we want to bring in our own saw. They were thinking about that at some point. I think more than anything, you just can't let this get in your head. You have to say, this is the field, whatever. Let's get ready for the game. The more you spend thinking about this, the more it becomes a distraction and an unnecessary one. Well, yeah. And, like, it's not that big of an adversity. Like, it's an adversity for sure. (laughs) Right. But it's not one that is unovercomable. You know, this is similar to... I remember the swim coach for uh, Michael Phelps saying that every single practice, he would step on his goggles, break them in half and say, here, go do your race in case the Olympics rolls around and his goggles don't work because you have to be prepared for those scenarios. So like this, this seems like something they can get over. But to your point, I guarantee you there is somebody making a TikTok about this now and saying, oh, how convenient another mm-hmm. conspiracy theory against the Niners and for Taylor Swift and the Chiefs. Do you ever agree with any of these? Because we work, you know, in sports right. betting. And I know that most of this stuff, well, at least like most of it, is not, right. you know, scripted. But do you ever find yourself saying, oh, they've got a point there? I I don't think it's scripted at all. But I do think, especially when you looked at particularly some of the first round playoff games and all of the coincidences, there were a ton of them like, oh, isn't it funny that the Browns were going to meet the Texans and had the Browns had Deshaun Watson, he would have been going back to Houston. There were all sort of little things like that. That made you think, hmm, amazing how this works. There were, I forget, of course, this is off the top of my head. I don't believe that to be the case, but I will say there are plenty of instances where you think, boy, this sure did work out nicely for the NFL, didn't it? Real easy. Wouldn't they like to have another dynasty? Let's send the Niners to that artificial turf at UNLV. Coming up next year on the show, we delve into the player prop market at BetMGM and discuss which receivers we might actually fade on Sunday as well. It's the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Start there. 
BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you. All week, you better you bet, and BetMGM Tonight will be broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay. Listen anywhere you go with the Odyssey app. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up, which receivers we expect to show out during Sunday's Big game, the big game, the Super Bowl. Do you have any plans yet for the big game, Chelsea? Because normally I have a, normally I go to a Super Bowl party for a little while or I try to hang on as long as I can or I'll just stay up because look, there's one time I'm going to stay up. It's going to be for the Super Bowl for the purposes of this show. Or are you just going to chill or do you actually have plans? Well, I think since both of us are working the next day, like, I don't yeah. have plans just because you're right. We have to be home at a decent hour. I would like to propose something. Why okay. can't we move the Super Bowl to an earlier time? And I understand I that I am sounding like the oldest person on the face of planet Earth. But what's the need to start it at 630 or 730 or whenever? Why can't it be at 230, 330? Because I've even heard people say, why can't it be on a Saturday? And I understand that Super Bowl Sunday has always been a thing. That's fine. Why can't we just move it up? Why can't we have Monday off? I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking about the United States of America. I'm talking about everyone. Don't we all get together for Super Bowl parties? Doesn't ever, even people who don't like the Super Bowl watch the Super Bowl just because they want to watch the commercials, they want to watch the halftime show, or they want to be part of whatever gathering is taking place. Why can't we just, you know what? I'm going to announce my candidacy for the president of the United States. And the first done. thing on the docket, done. Vote. And the first, the first, that we, something we can all get behind is having the Monday off after the Super Bowl. Republicans, Democrats, Chiefs fans, Niners fans, AFC fans, NFC fans, it doesn't matter. Taylor Can't Swift all, fans? Taylor Swift fans, God love you. It doesn't matter who you are. Can't we all agree as a country, 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 that we all deserve, deserve, deserve a day off after the big game? <sighs> yes, that's what I would do. I don't get it. We've been talking about this for years. Come on. It would be great. One day off. It's not going to kill anybody. Yeah, what's we get some other like fringy holidays off. Like, don't we get like mm-hmm. President's Day or something? Yeah. Knock those presidents out of here. Football is <laughs> way bigger than the support for presidents over the last few years. So how about we substitute President's Day for Super Bowl Monday? I could not agree more, Chelsea. Now... Since we're talking about the big game, i got to tell everyone about the Big Game Prop Bet Challenge. Of course, it's a bad MGM, and they are giving their sportsbook customers the opportunity to win a grand prize of up to $58,000. All you have to do is to predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of eligible users. Just go to BetMGM.com or use the BetMGM app and look for the Big Game Prop Bet Challenge on the Promotions tab. 
I bet I'm not eligible for that. I'd enter and they'd be no. like, uh, sir, no, sir. You you might have won, and you can tell people that you won, but you aren't getting a single dime. Got to enter that. Why not? Answer some questions, have a chance to win $58,000. Chelsea, I know that you are a big prop bet person, or you're you're much more into the prop market than at least I am. So let's talk about receiving props at the big game, Super Bowl 58. So what are your some or what are some of your favorite receiving props going into Sunday? A couple of bets you've looked at, maybe some bets you put some money on. Ah, yes. I do identify as a prop bet person. That's how I would like to be referred to. Not, you know, whatever pronoun. (laughs) Prop bet person. That is me. I think you start by doing a little flow chart. Like, this is how you handicap things as you start from the top and you say, okay, if we're looking at receiving props, number one, is this going to be a pass-heavy game? What we've seen from, like, the Chiefs in the playoffs so far, they've had some low-scoring affairs where both defenses, you know, you saw in the Ravens and the Chiefs game, We're pretty good. So let's look at both of these secondaries. Or, you know, does a secondary have a weakness here? So if you look at both the Niners and the Chiefs, both of these secondaries have been top 10 and defending the pass and have given up uh, bottom 10 quarterback fantasy points allowed. So quarterbacks against these secondaries have not fared well. So from the jump, you're already facing an uphill climb. But there are some receivers that get enough targets and enough opportunities where Mm -hmm. it's matchup proof. And I think that's where you start. Who in this game is matchup proof that no matter the matchup, they're going to get the targets and the opportunity to put up some big numbers. So let's start with the one that everybody's probably talking about. Travis Kelsey. This number has been climbing all week long. I believe this number was like 63 and a half last week. Now it's up to 70 and a half. Juice to the over. So Jenks, let's start there. When a prop moves five full yards or more, at what point do you say, okay, the projections from the sports books were this number, has it moved too far? Well, you know, I it's tough, right? Because I mm-hmm. I looked at this bet as well, and I like this bet. And we were talking yesterday about how the Niners, compared to most teams in the NFL, are exceptional at slowing down opposing tight ends. But, I mean, isn't every isn't every defense geared toward trying to stop Travis Kelsey and they just can't do it. The Ravens have an incredible set of linebackers, just like the Niners do. And the Ravens can slow down Travis Kelsey. Here's the thing about the number. The number has moved and it's a high number, but also he has hit this number in every playoff game this season. And he has also hit this number in 12 straight playoff games. So, while I understand it's moved a lot, I understand it's going to be a very popular pick for obvious reasons. At the same time, when you look at his history in big games, he seems to always find a way to get over this number. And a lot of this to me has to do with trust as well. Health and trust. Mm-hmm. Number one, Travis Kelsey is healthy. And we've seen how much better he is now that he's healthy. And two is trust. We all know Patrick Mahomes. More than a safety valve. Sometimes you hear about this with a a quarterback and receiver, and they just know each other. It was the same thing with Brady and Gronk when they were winning titles, Mm -hmm. right? When Brady needed a a big pass, a clutch play, he knew to go to Gronk. He knew where Gronk would be. He knew Gronk would come home. Same thing with Mahomes and Kelsey. So I still like the bet, even at 70 and a hook. I think I'm definitely not betting the under. 
is I think the question is, am I going to officially bet it or not is now the question. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. You don't have to bet on yardage props. There are other ways to bet on receivers. You can do catches, which I feel like the number may be a little too high for Travis Kelsey. I think I would rather take the yards uh, than the receptions made. It's six and a half and it's really juicy for minus 145. That means he needs to get seven catches. That's a lot of catches. I think I'd rather get the yards because that's something that could possibly be done in the first half Mm -hmm. of this game. But now the question is, would you rather bet on Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown? Because maybe that's the Mm -hmm. way you go. In the red zone, it does feel like he has even more of a matchup advantage against some of these small corners, and he's the the trust guy. Because isn't that what you're talking about in the red zone? Have you seen some of the gaffes? from the Chiefs receivers in the red zone this year? My goodness, why would you want to trust anybody else? So the anytime touchdown for Travis Kelsey set at minus 115. Do you go that route instead or do you play both? I think maybe you play both. I, I, yeah, I feel like such a square talking about what seems like the most obvious play ever, but you know, the, even, even the numbers point you in that direction. Even the numbers, even though they might be a little inflated, and let's be honest, they are inflated because people are going to hammer Kelsey. They're going to hammer these these numbers. They're going to hammer these props. And I still don't think it matters. I still don't think it matters because when you talk about that Kansas City receiving core, it's interesting too, Chelsea, is that we're giving the Kansas City receivers, and they do deserve credit, they've been better for not dropping so many passes. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they've gotten mm-hmm. better. There's no question. And we've seen some clutch plays from them. But overall, it's not like the receiving core around Travis Kelsey has necessarily really raised the level of their play. Maybe somewhat. It's just that they're not making the boneheaded mistakes that were crushing them later on in the year. So ultimately, if that's something you're worried about, and it, it would still be something that I'm worried about now. We haven't seen it recently. But if you look at the sample size the whole season, it wouldn't stun me if we maybe saw a drop or two that came at a bad time, then you just got to go with the guy that you can trust. And I guarantee you, if you're Andy Reid in the red zone, who are you going to go to? The guy you know who's going to come through for you. Yeah, and I think the reason we're not seeing the drops is because the targets have been to two guys. Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice combined for 20 targets last game. The only other receiver that, you know, had five was Noah Gray. finished with two receptions and eight yards. So it's just he is not going down the list and spreading out the targets. It's Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. All right, so let's look at the other side. Maybe the Niners have some players that are worth looking at. I feel like since the Niners spread the ball around a little bit more, this is a little bit more tricky because it feels like there's some volatility for whatever person you choose. Because my first instinct is, okay, we're looking at Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. He feels like the number one receiver uh, coming off a game where he had three catches for 68 yards, including that one that bounced off the helmet. Feels like he's the guy that has big play potential, but how many guys can you say that about on the Niners? Like, if you're talking about big play potential, you have yeah. to throw Debo Samuel in the mix. My guy, Debo, uh, coming off the game nah. where he had 89 receiving yards. So I think that's the toughest part of the Niners is who are you going to pick? Haven't even mentioned George Kittle, but he feels like the guy that's pretty much feast or famine. So I don't know. I don't know. I honestly, I I would go with Christian McCaffrey's receiving prop just because, because I, I, I'm I'm thinking about game script and how this is going to go down. And look, the chiefs defense is impressive from top to bottom, but they are particularly good in the secondary. 
And so I think if you're Brock Purdy, if you're the Niners, you need to be very careful about when you take your shots downfield to Debo or Brandon Ayu, maybe George Kittle, whatever. So I can foresee a lot of situations where Purdy drops back, right? And those deep routes just aren't open. He can't go down the field. But who's waiting there as a safety valve? It's Christian McCaffrey. And also, besides that, I can absolutely see the Niners, you know, scheming plays for Christian McCaffrey anyway to get the ball in his hands. And then you can see Brock Purdy checking down to him if those deep routes aren't open. All of a sudden, he gets over his receiving prop. So I'm going to be on that. It's 33 now. Coming up next here on the show, what we like today in the NBA and where there is value on the board. It is a daily tip from XUL presented by BetMGM. Start there. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.